it is how you attract anything that you want. You got to go put that out into the world. If I'm going to be the person that attracts the best co-founder, like what would that look like? Who do I need to be? And then who are they? And I think developing a sense of awareness around that, you start to find those interactions and the opportunities to create that. I'm Johnny Page. I'm Matt Verlech. And this is the South County Podcast. All right. So I'm joined here as usual with my brother, Johnny Page, and also Dan Martell. Hey, thanks for inviting me on your guys' podcast. <laughs> this is so cool. Thanks for opening up your studio so we can <laughs> oh, shoot it. Oh, man, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad that you guys could come up into Canada, Canada land, to the, the place of the snow totally. and, and see what we built here. It's pretty fun. Yeah, so here's the rundown, right? Because we're in a different spot than usual. It is December 3rd. So we got the whole leadership team coming in from SAS Academy. They're about 45 minutes away. And we're running an annual offsite, which is different than annual planning, right? Which is, I think, really important to me because it's about relationships, right? It's about playing in the snow and breaking bread and doing all that kind of stuff. And two of these people are new. We haven't even met before, mm -hmm. which is going to be really exciting. So that's what we're up to here. Dan's got the studio here in Colorado. Who are the new people we haven't met before? Well, Have I met them? I mean, they haven't, we haven't met them in person before. Well, yeah, we yeah. met Taylor. No, I know Taylor. I've met Taylor's Taylor 14 oh, I guess, times. I guess Ivan's not on team yet. We should probably edit this part Is out. Is Ivan? Yeah. No, no, let's not edit. Who's I, Ivan? <laughs> Ivan's director of RevOps. Yeah, he's... Oh, shit. He's coming, too. No, no he's not coming, but he's he was on my him. list of two new. Oh, two new. But yeah. Nick. Yeah, I like him. Cage yeah. fighter. Yeah, yeah. And Nick. Nick. Yeah. yeah. Again, I've met Nick. No. Oh, you just haven't met Nick. I haven't met Nick. Okay, that was interesting. I was like, who have I not met? All right, cool. Yeah. Yeah, keep little, it all little, in. Little side quest there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's how I do my podcast. Yeah, I, yeah. We just ask questions. No, I love it. So uh yeah, so kicking it in the studio. And anytime the three of us are together, I always think it's interesting to just talk about partnerships, right? Because I feel like most of the content out there with founders is either A, people debating on whether or not having business partners is a good thing. Yep. Or B, talking about all the times it gets all fucked up. Yeah. And after the fact, after the fact, yeah. it's like, you know, looking at a bad car crash out the window when you're driving by. Yeah. But I don't think there's enough out there on what makes it done well, right? On like what makes a great partnership? What are the qualities that you need to look for in people to figure out like, you know, I might do a little job with you, but I don't know if I want to get in business. Mm. I could work with you for a little while. I could work with you for life. Yeah. Those are different things, yeah. you know, because in, in my hierarchy, it's like kids, Marriage, start a business. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. like the, the severity of commitments. So. Yeah. So I think we rip on that for a few minutes. Yeah. I mean, it, it, most people don't realize this, I think, but like, you know, every, every notable CEO has had business partners, right? You know, like the Tim Cooks for Steve or Sheryl Sandberg for Zuckerberg. And like, I, and it's, I think it's a fascinating, it's more of a mental frame of saying like, this is the person I trust explicitly mm -hmm. and I want to build with. Right. Yeah. It doesn't matter in regards to like, when did they start? Are they a co-founder, yeah. you know, equity, all that stuff. Comp. It's really just a, this person I trust with my life. We're both waking up every day to drive something forward. And we have a lot and we got to get there and we can talk about how to do that, but you got to get to a place where there's like the, the, the trust and the, you know, the drive is, is, is there mm -hmm. like, and that's, that's the part I think that scares a lot of people, especially if they're dealing with a lot of internal trauma mm -hmm. you know yeah some internal feelings i think what has if we were to deconstruct 
what has led to what has so far been a very productive and successful partnership between the three of us is that there was a training ground where we got to know each other like without the assumption that this was going to turn into a partnership we got to see how each other showed up over a long period of time like you just got to know you see someone's character demonstrated through good times and through bad before it's really tested it's almost like the equivalent of getting married on day one and then going through the trials and tribulations it's like we got to just see how each other showed up in our own individual storms and then through you know challenges together and i think it's one thing to design the partnership with the happy ending in mind it's totally another thing to say is this someone who like i want to sit next to you on our worst day like, yeah i have confidence in how they're going to show up you know who said that recently was i was interviewing dana white from the ufc and he his business partners the the, the fertita brothers or fertitas anyways he said because he also now has the guy the talent agent guy re whatever from that sh- the entourage show is like mm-hmm. after that character but he's a real person right from will endeavor or whatever so he they bought ufc they bought wwe and he said that it's when things get bad or when things actually get good that you test the relationship and anybody you've gone through bad times or great like hockey sit times to see how their true character comes out then you know who you're dealing with and he said i will always be in business with the fertita brothers they they're my guys. Do you know when they bought the company and they made Dana the president or whatever? Like it was a handshake deal. Like there was like contracts. He's never revisited the contracts. Oh. It's yeah. You just they just trust each other in business. They like the way each other does business. Yeah. And he said, "I'll always have them as business partners." Yeah. And I just think that is something that's rare that anybody can have if they're willing to do the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there was a moment that. Maybe it was two years ago. We all went on a hike and asked, we spent probably 20 minutes or so each individually sharing, hey, what's life look like five years from now? I remember that hike. And not, it wasn't, it wasn't just about the business. In fact, the business was probably 10%, 15% of the conversation, but the majority of it was just like where our value is going to take us. And I think there's part of what makes it work really well is that if we weren't working on this, we'd work on something else together because yeah. there's the shared values and just the enjoyment of like of growing and pushing each other and seeing you know what is what what comes out of that so the share the the value being able to see, have opportunities where values are demonstrated and then just the awareness like i don't think it'd work if one of us didn't really know what we were driving towards like it was pretty clear high fidelity what do i want five years to look like from now those are some of the if you're looking for a tactical how do you reverse engineer partnership that's working really well like look for opportunities to see character demonstrated and values demonstrated and alignment. You know, yeah. yeah. I think that every, every good partnership that I can think of in my life, you guys, my co-founders with up launch, like it, the project came first. And I say project cause it wasn't even a business yet. Right. It was just the work, you know, like my co-founder Jake and we, we went back to a decade in the fire department, but like still we just started hacking on some stuff and then it got real and we figured it out. But we knew enough to figure out how we would react. You know, mm-hmm. same kind of thing. My CTO, Matt, like we worked together for six months before we locked down the equity deal. My man was in his basement, in his in-laws basement with a six month old, barely getting paid, just slaying code. Mm-hmm. And like, I was like, all right, this dude, this dude can work, this dude can work. You know, mm-hmm. like I want to go to war with this guy. And so, you know, I think that one of the things I see a lot of founders do is they'll be at Jump Street, no business, no product, idea. And like, 
how do I find a co-founder? Yeah. And I think that like the sequencing in that question is kind of busted, if you ask me, right? Like I think it's go brute force the business and build something mm-hmm. and work with other human see, beings. See who rises yeah, to the see top. Yeah, who shows too. up, you know? Yeah, and, and does everybody know that like that we work together, you guys were clients and then both exited your companies and then I kind of like kept in touch and... Yeah, we could probably share more. I mean, we probably shared in bits and pieces, but yeah. I think it's that'd be a great place. Well, I, I mean, I just think it gives people a framework of like where to find potential partners, dude. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, because like, I, and actually, I'll, well, I'll speak to a little bit because like I do this a lot. As you guys know, I have a lot of business partners. I mean, Ethan, my previous co-founder in Flowtown, like we were just hanging out in Scottsdale, and like he's family. I mean, he came over to the house with the kids and his wife and. When we were leaving, he gave me a hug and he started getting a little emotional because we, again, when you go, when you build stuff with people and we did this really cool thing where we gave each other 1% of our companies for the rest of our lives. Like, oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. It was just like a way I had 1% of digit. He exits that for almost 250 million. Like, you know, he's got 1% of what I do and I just keep trying to take him on ski trips and, you know, cause he doesn't want to, cause there's no equity per se. I just like, literally it's a stream of cash mm-hmm. that goes into, I'm going to have to fund his kids college programs and stuff. But <laughs> it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, anybody that's ever gone to war, you know, especially mm-hmm. in a business that was ups and downs and then great outcome is just it. I, so I'm always looking for that. Mm-hmm. I look for that in vendors. Okay. So I'm looking for people that I've worked with, as a contractor, as a vendor, right? Cause you get to, you know, like if you, yeah. even somebody that built a house for you, right? You think about like somebody that builds a house, like there's gonna be like, hey, one of your guys did this and you, you just see how people react. So yeah. I'd almost like look for times you've had challenges in your life, who you were working with, who you, and if that got on the other side of that, it was a positive experience. Yeah. That is a name you should write down to say, hey, if I'm ever in that industry or if I'm ever thinking of doing something in that mm-hmm. industry, that that would be a person I should consider because you've already, you've got some history, right? Yeah. You've, you've gone in the ring with them a couple of times. So, so roll it back. We're, we're students in SAS Academy. It's funny. Yeah. You can go back into the, into the. <laughs> Some of the early trainings and see Johnny and Matt working on our Yeah, yeah. You guys were the examples I used when we were doing the worksheets. Yeah, it's so funny. You see our team will discover some of those like, Hey, I saw you in in the beginning (laughs) the other day. So anyway, so roll it back. We we both go on, we we exit our our companies. But Mm -hmm. there it was a very intentional at least it felt like on my end, an intentional rhythm of hey, what how how are things going? I am very intentional with my relationships. Yeah. Like you're saying from you you experience that from my end. I experience, yeah. So I'm curious, yes. what was, what were you looking out for? Talent. I'm a talent. I'm a talent person. I mean, look at Sam. The you know, I don't care if you're 16, 15, high school skinny boy Sam behind the camera that's now beast. Talent, mm-hmm. you know, and and I think I think mutual respect. Like that's the other thing. Everybody I work with, you guys, you guys, I'm in. You, I admire you guys. I, I, you guys inspire me, right? And I, I believe sometimes I've done that for you guys. So it's mm-hmm. like, anytime I feel like I trust the person, they're doing stuff in a way that's different than me. But at the end of the day, they they have the same philosophy on life. They want to show up a certain way. I, I don't have a lack of things I could do. I have a lack of people I could do them with. Mm. And I'm always looking for talent. And I, I remember a long time ago hearing the story of Steve Jobs where he called it like, you know, the future 50. I'm, I'm making this up, but it was 50 people, right? It could have been 100, but I think future 50 is a better name. Okay, so we're going to name it TMDM. <laughs> Boom. 
And essentially the rule was, is if he had to start over Apple, he, these are the 50 people that he would tap on the shoulder, say, let's do this again. And it was, it was people from accounting and marketing and engineering and design and everything logistics. Yeah. And he would bring them once a quarter to half moon Bay, you know, from Cupertino. And while they were there for a three day offsite, no different from what we're about to go do, yeah. he would pour into them and he would, he would learn from them and he would ask certain ones to present to the rest of the group and, and, and develop these 50 because he just felt like they were incredibly talented, right? Like those 10 X engineers, those incredible minds. And they were people that he knew he could trust. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's just a really cool concept to consider that if every person that wanted to build, you know, the word empire scares people, but you know, a life of unlimited creation, you never have to retire from, that's my empire, that it's only 50 people, partners, collaborators, yeah. right? It's not a lot. And if you had 50 people that you could trust, what I, now we can talk more about how to find those people and et cetera, but I think we should talk about how does the person trying to find those partners also deal with their own stuff so that they can show up to be in that relationship. Yeah, you got to be the person who will attract the caliber of partner that in is, the world, man. Dude, uh, may we go there now? Yeah. Or? Well, because I think that what it's, this has happened many times over, like the more clearly you've communicated your vision, your values, the more the people around you can self-select and be like, yeah, I like it. I think it's what attracted us that the first wave just asked Academy and then what kept on having those conversations over and over is like, man, I don't know what it could look like, but I know that the more time I spend around Dan and the time we spend together, like good things come from your that. life so like, should get better. Yeah. 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 Vice versa. And I think that's, that's where some people's internal psychology stops them because a, I don't think that they feel they're valuable or they are worried that people are out to screw them. And for whatever, they might have good reason. They might have, have, have had a broken picker in the past, right? Just like a relationship. And they got into business with somebody that screwed them over, sued them. And now they have, you know, some post-traumatic stress, you know, whatever around that. But it's not, it's not always true. It was just true that yeah, time, yeah, yeah. right? Well, and they, don't, they don't see the... I don't see the correlation. Like the more things you do, the higher likelihood you're going to get screwed by one of those things or one of those people. It's just, it's just the odds. Well, and they don't even the ask themselves like, how much vetting did I really do right, right, right. when I got into that? And when my spidey senses, senses were going off, did I ignore it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I wish yeah. I hadn't listened to my gut said nobody ever. Nobody's <laughs> ever said that. So I think that to me, and so like in regards to picking Johnny, this is actually fun because I've been doing this for a really long time. I like to keep the communication at least once every six weeks to two months, right? I think that rhythm is enough to, to be t top of mind awareness, Toma. Okay. This is like a marketing concept, but I use it for talent. I like to bring the person into to my conversations. I mean, you see me do this when we're at, like the AI stuff, yeah, the crypto yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like I, I put a mastermind together and I mean, but everybody in the mastermind are pretty much half the people are people I want to do business with, create businesses with, invest with. So I have those kind of things that I do. And then I'm always trying to figure out what I want to talk to them when they're ready to make a move and then understand. And it may be something that we do together. And even if it's not like, that's the other thing is I don't, I always, I don't need any one person to say yes. Cause I'm going to find the person to say yes. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, I would have been okay, Johnny, if we just kept me supporting your vision and you say, I'm starting another SaaS company and I go, Hey, can I invest? And you go, we're not going to raise money. 
and that would have been fine and i would have still helped you you know what i mean like yeah. it's it's always from a place of pure give regardless mm -hmm. and then if it happens i mean recently one of my business partners chris who you guys both know i mean it was like we were doing this thing then we're going to create this thing and then that didn't work out and then he went and did something else with another friend of mine and then they were going to do a thing but that didn't work out and then i invited him to 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 my group to build stuff for us. He built that and then he built something else. I introduced him to one of my clients that took off. I even introduced him to his co-founder, like blah, blah, blah. And then now I'm invested in that. Oh, and by the way, the thing that he did with the other guy that I introduced, I'm going to do something with that. So it's like, it's really just creating a rhythm to stay connected mm -hmm. and to try to understand where people want to go. What you just walked through, if anybody is thinking about starting their first business and you think it's not going to be like that, you're wrong. It's going to be exactly like that. Yeah. There's always, you know, 17 different remixes on the way to the oh, one yeah. thing that there, there's, there's right. success theater, which is they clean <laughs> yeah, overnight. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> do, do, do. and then I had this epiphany. It's like, yeah. no, 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 no. Let's talk about all the false stuff. You know, the one, two steps forward, three steps back. Let's yeah. talk about that. It's so I think learning how to have conversations about the future. I think mis misaligned expectations. I know this is where I've been burned where, there's like just having a conversation like, hey man, like the five the five year conversation on the hike. Yeah. Some people wouldn't want to have that. They don't like conflict. They're scared you're gonna tell yeah. me something that I don't want to hear. Yeah. And then I gotta address it. Yeah. Well, it, well it was, so it was the first time I've been a part of a conversation like that. And talk about it, because I think that's fascinating to people. What it was what, what was about what about the conversation was unique for you? Well, there's a there was a first when we first started having the conversation there is that oh i there's the right answer for the group that i'm in ah got it there's what i'm supposed to say and then there's you were like your heart. Yeah. you you had the conversation a few times and and prompted no let's like a little bit deeper so i couldn't give a surface level this is what i'd want life to look like because you asked for a few more what would that look like why means. is that important yeah. And so we kind of, we whittled down to like, what do you really want? And the cool thing is it's over. We had nothing but time that afternoon. Like that was the purpose. We didn't get to anything else. Like the goal was to figure out what is all three of us want five years from now and to understand it. You know, you're truly seeking understanding Yeah. because no matter what to your previous point, it's like whether we work together or not, this is so that I can show up and be a great friend. And, and it, you know, so outside the business context, it's like, hey, I'm truly trying to understand, like, what what lights you up, Matt? Like, uh, you you want the 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 farm? Yeah, and he, and yeah, and yeah. I remember like, that conversation, yeah, yeah. and and he could have given us the answer he thought we wanted yes. to hear. Yeah. But if you don't, if you did that, then you would be doing all of us as a right. service because then we'd be optimizing for a future that you don't even yeah. want that we're not aware of. Yeah. yeah. And and I think if you actually just allow everybody to express, like, this is what needs to be true then that's fun because i can decide how much of my vision can be tweaked because like we matt taught me this it's like is this a 10 or a 3 yeah, right oh, dude, like this is that's oh, such this, a good framework this is a great we should definitely talk about that yeah so, sometimes people ask for stuff or say they want things but it's not necessarily a must it could literally be like this something i say that i actually am not married to at all yeah so understanding be able to ask like out of 10, is this a nine or is it a two? Oh, it's actually a two. Cool. Because I heard it as a 10. Right. Yeah. Or and, for me, it's a 10. And yes. for you, it's a two. Yeah. That's a great exactly. way to reconcile. Then, and then I can give up a two to get you your 10. Yeah. But I have yeah. a thing that's a 10. You say, well, that's only a four for me. I'm willing to give that up. I think even just understanding when people express preferences, 
that they're not all expressed at the same level. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, that, that's added so much speed to our conversation decision making too. Oh, I mean, it gets silly for a long time. It's like we're like blah 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 <laughs> yeah. blah 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 blah. It's like, hey man, is that a two or three? Oh, dude, it's like a one. I just have we an spent opinion. Hours, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. spent Strong hours opinions loosely over things that were both twos for both of us. Yeah, so we, we could have got that time. Yeah. Back. I know, dude. The amount of time. Yeah, both of us had twos. And <laughs> Neither we're like, of us care. Uh, just a sport. Yeah. Well, it's just yeah. again, strong opinions loosely held. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, man. You know, I'd say to double click on the vision thing too, like because this was something that I I had gone through a lot. I had never, for most of my adult life, had anyone ask me that question. So there, that's were, so fascinating like, to me. There were times, and I remember actually, it was before that hike where you you pretty much we took a road trip from Kelowna to Vancouver for Sask Academy. You met the nicest police officer. The in Nicest. The world. <laughs> that should be episode. <laughs> <laughs> But I remember, like, you, you pretty much had, we were, I, I was cornered in the car with the question of, what do you want out of life? You know, like, what do you want it to look like? What's your vision, work, money, like the whole nine yards? And I again, was, work and my, money, that's another thing people don't want to talk about money. Talk what about if the it. person says they want to make X and there's no belief that they could ever create that opportunity for somebody? Now yeah. I got to confront that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And so like I've just I've just learned over the years to ask those questions and front load them because that's where it's created conflict. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's like how it comes full circle to the founder thing. It's like if you can't if you can't have those conversations when there's no stakes. Right. Like if you just you think about the most jacked up way a business could end before it ends that way, when you're just thinking about starting, if you can't have that conversation about like, yo, Johnny, if one of us is like stealing from the company. How does this thing come apart? What are you thinking? I'm a thief? No, like that's not the que question. Is like just come up with the the all the doomsday scenarios. If you can't talk about them in the hypothetical when there's no stakes are down, you're you're getting in business with the wrong person. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're right. If the person's emotionally charged over a question that you're just saying hypothetical, in pretend land. Yeah, yeah, in pretend land. Yeah, yeah, but it's actually it brings up a good point that we need to talk about what if this doesn't work out and what if it does work out. Yeah, right. So it's like, hey. If if somebody in our executive team steals, what do you think is appropriate response? If we raise ten million dollars in capital and we're allowed to do secondary, which I don't know if people aren't listening to understand that, but essentially you can sell your shares. How much do you think is appropriate? Yeah, mm -hmm. all my shares. Well, that's fascinating. <laughs> you know, that makes yeah. me concerned about that's, the that's bet on the future. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So all I, I like that. I like that that I never could get because what's interesting for me is you're helping me see the pattern in my process that I've never really shared. Like I don't I don't really talk about this. Mm -hmm. I know I'm a recruiter of talent. That's the job of a CEO. Mm -hmm. But I've never really thought about like the the method to the madness. Yeah. Cause I also don't do surface level conversation. I mean, you guys know me for a long time, right? I can be very jokey and then straight to, hey, tell me about your soul. Right. Mm -hmm. You're like, what? Oh, it takes a little time that you come in. The first couple of interactions, especially in a 15-minute call, it's like, bam, bam, bam. You're haunting for something. You're like, is this worth the time for the follow-up conversation or not? And then you find yourself in a totally different channel. Yeah. Like, you come in ready for a transactional conversation, and then we're, we're talking about what do you want out of life? Yeah. <laughs> Be specific. Yeah. 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 How many honeybees do you want on your farm? Yeah. <laughs> All it matters to me. Yeah. yeah. It, does, it, it is important to be to understand how much ambition someone has because success starts to change your like the it's sad when you see a partnership working well and we all thought we were on the mission to the moon and then 
we just get happy getting into orbit. One of us does, or multiple. And it's like, I've no, been in. I mean, here. this is. Let's I'm just 25 years of doing this. I've been in partnerships, and kids came along, and the whole thing shifted. Yeah, dude. And I wish thing. I would have had a conversation yeah. up front and said, "Hey, things are good right now. Piss and vinegar. You're single. We're. Si-, you know what I mean? What happens if we get in a serious relationship? We have kids. Will that change your desire? Like, just have the conversation. Yeah. Again, the person can't, like, future pace that far and go like, oh, my God, when I meet my kid, I'm going to fall in love and not want to work past nine, 5 o'clock ever again. But that's, but that's where getting yeah. past the first layer or the first response is, no, it wouldn't change anything. But wait, think about it. Like, you want to be the one to take your kid to school and pick them up to school. Yeah, yeah. Tell, if that's something so, you desire. Yeah. But but again, as, as a person going to business with you, I want to know that because then it tells me we better yeah. get a house manager or a house nanny. Right. Well, and right? that's the point is, like, if you let it fester and don't have the conversation, by the time it crops up, everyone's going to be so riled up that it can blow up the partnership. But mm-hmm. if it's if you front load the conversation, all it is is a tweak of the plan. We need to make the financials look a little different so when you hit that phase in life, we can support X. And then yeah. everyone's still building and Again, doing the thing. most people are scared to express their preferences yeah. in lieu of not having the future opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it's a maturity thing. Because, mm-hmm. dude, I coach a lot of CEOs, man, and some of their, 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 their – they are their own worst enemy. They founders. they literally founders are crazy. I love you. We're all crazy. We're all nutty. You don't start a company because you're like normal. Right. Like it's it's the absence of normal that makes us start companies. So it's the awareness of understanding how that crazy can show up and create the emotional shrapnel mm-hmm. that we got to protect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Well, I think I think we'll leave it with this then. Because there was one thing you had mentioned that I don't think we really clicked on, and I want to do that, and that's a good place to set this episode down, is if you're a founder looking for a partner, and this is not going to go where probably all the founders want it to go, which is, oh, just go to this website and we'll find you a partner. No. <laughs> There's not, a magic pool where all the co-founders, all the good co-founders, they hang out. Yeah. I know where they are. If they follow me on Instagram and send me a message. <laughs> no, follow I me will tell them. No, follow me on Instagram and send me a message. Co-founder, I'll tell you where the pool is. Yeah, I've done that once or twice. Pond. So, so here's, the, here's the real question is it's not about where do I find the co-founder. What you had mentioned before is how do you become the person that's deserving of the co-founder? How do you become mm. the person that's going to attract them? And I'll, I'll lead with an example. There's two things that irk me in this world about solo founders who are very, very early. Say, I don't know how to code so I need a technical co-founder before I can have any type of business. Or I don't know how to sell, so I need a go-to-market co-founder before I can have any type of business. Now, you may never be a CTO, and you may never be a you know killer salesperson, but it doesn't mean that you can't go figure out how to make a prototype, go figure out how to talk to someone, like just go become entry-level competent at a thing so you can prove a point and show some kind of momentum interest to attract the co-founder you need. So like, I'd love to know y'all's thoughts on that. Like, How do you become that person that can actually attract a 10 out of 10 co-founder because crying about the fact that you don't know where to put your semicolon in your code base like that ain't it i'd never work with that person yeah i mean we just had a great conversation about this last night but it's it is how you attract anything that you want you got to go put that out into the world it's like if you want to if you want to attract a co-founder someone who would help who would help pick up your mission and run alongside you just like go start being that for other people. Just help in some capacity go show up in a way that says, if you're the technical guy, go out there and help all of the non-technical ones find their great co-founder. And somewhere along the line, someone's going to be like, yeah, you'll find the person you want to work with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's, you, you got to ask for feedback on hey, people who have worked with you. If, you know, what, what do I do well? What do I need to be working on? Like it, you, it needs time, attention, and, 
and intentionality around if I'm going to be the person that attracts the best co-founder, like what would that look like? Who do I need to be? And then who are they? And I think developing a sense of awareness around that, you, you start to find those interactions and the opportunities to create that versus I do think you need a plan. I would personally, if I'm in that role, I'm figuring out a plan A that does not make a co-founder mission critical right now because I want to be able to hold a high bar for who I'm looking for. Yeah. Like the co-founders. Yeah. 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 Dude, like, I agree with that for sure. Like I to need, be earned. Yeah. You need, we need their, I call it getting the boot off your neck. Like you got to be able to breathe a little bit. Yeah. So you don't get forced into it. I think part of bad partnerships come out of, hey, hey founders, we're the optimistic ones in the room. Right? Yeah. So you like see a relationship, you're like, oh, that's not that bad. It's not any of the sense of urgency is putting this blind. Same, yeah, same way bad hires happen, right? Is the pain of having the seat empty more than the pain of having someone who might not be great yeah. in the seat? Yeah. It's tempting. Get, yeah, 100%. We have to be able to be long-term focused yeah. whenever we're making hire. And for sure, when you're looking for a co-founder, like plan A has got to be something that works without the co-founder and then leave yourself open to finding that person when yeah. the time is right. What do you think? Oh, this is a fun question. My my new favorite pattern for at, like coaching clients is asking them to tell me, because sometimes they don't know the answer. I say, well, tell me what would guarantee not getting the result. So if we, if oh, we the old flip. flip it, yeah. right? So what would guarantee you would never find a great co-founder? Don't tell anybody. Don't leave your office. Don't. Don't communicate anything that looks interesting. Don't do, do test pro like you know what I mean. So it's like okay, well, how would you guarantee that you would always be a solo founder for the rest of your career, etc.? Well, do the opposite. So like first thing is is like, are you talking to other people that could be that yeah. person? Like you're, to your point, okay, let's try to figure out how to do that. Go to the events, go to the accelerators, go on Twitter, go on LinkedIn, message people. Two, are you telling people about your vision? right? Like most people actually have a compelling vision mm -hmm. that they're just embarrassed of because they don't think it's that compelling, yeah. but it is yeah, totally. right. They're just, yeah. they're inside their head about like, well, it's not like, I don't want to build the next uh, Facebook, but I would like to build a hundred million a year company, but I guess that's not interesting enough for a lot of people. Why would they want to work with me? Or I've never done it before. Why would they want to work with me? Like, right. there's just a lot of people are like so insecure. Yeah. They're just don't do that. Most of them won't say a hundred million out loud. Because we'll be like, I, I don't even no. deserve that kind of company. So oh, if it's yeah. only going to be five million. No we, one wants to build that. We don't have seventeen days to talk about <laughs> self worth. Yeah. But yeah, and then and then and then I would say, you know, because they have I like the boot on the neck, right? Where it's like I need to raise capital to do that. I know they're going to ask me about my co-founder, so I got to get a co-founder. So Bobby's got a pulse; he can fog a mirror. Bobby, you want to be my co-founder? Yeah, <laughs> one of those old guys with the old sayings. I think that's that's the thing is, you know, all I know is you can't learn to surf reading a book and you're not going to find a co-founder behind your keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're going to have to go talk to some people and, you know, look in the eyes and then work together. I mean, I just can't simulate the freaking work. Yeah. Like the amount of people that decide to go full on into business that have never worked on a project. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. just do anything. Yeah. Actually, one of my favorite projects for everybody listening is an event. I think, in a, and I'll tell you why. An event of any sorts has all all the facets of business in one beautiful time box mm, moment. Smart. It's so true. It's got I got to recruit is, speakers. The extrovert in you coming out. So I like, know. I'd love to run an event. I'm not doing any events right now, so nobody messaged me. But 
the the recruiting of the speakers, getting the PR, the media to fill the seats, the logistics of operating oh. the event, the infrastructure they got to get to take payments and schedule and all that stuff. All right, yeah. It's just a beautiful a, time box. It could be a little thing, it could be a big thing. That's how I met Marcel. Coach Marcel. That's a really great point. Yeah. I've you I mean, that's how Chris, Web3, Jason, like this is I love events. I think they're like the funnest way to yeah. kind of collaborate with somebody that and and they don't even know you're doing it. <laughs> they don't Just know saying. auditioning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't know. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you don't have to tell them because why may why create that level of like pressure? It's like, mm-hmm. hey, I think these people could be part of my 50, right? We talked about the what did I call it again? Future 50. The yeah, future, future 50. 50. I like yeah. that. A little future 50 action. So now it makes me want to go work on my future 50 and yeah, go yeah. create some events. Yeah. Okay, so maybe I do want to partner yeah, yeah, some yeah, people yeah, on yeah. events. Yeah. I only need <laughs> a future 48. I got you two figures. All right. Yeah. 48 there we go. I'll yeah, tell I don't you, need that many more. I like just putting the lens over it before we do anything. I'm like, hey, there's a crawl, walk, and run phase. And like, I, we, it sounds like we're both running in the same direction, but it's even hard to have some of those conversations around like, what's, you know, what do you want to be doing five years from now? without a little bit of get to know you. The so crawl, it's like, if we seem yeah. like we're running the same direction, like why don't we just both design a crawl? Yeah. And you can say, how long is it going to last? What What's what's the version going to look like? When are we going to get back together for this conversation? And let's go get into execution mode. And then if that goes well, and say, hey, okay, let's let's r- ramp it up a little bit more. Like, this is, yeah, just design it three phases. And, you know, 90% there's a, of them. That's difference. genius. Yeah, that's a, genius. There's a difference between talking about running in the same direction and running the same direction. So what usually happens to your point, right, is like you're talking about running in the same direction. Mm-hmm. We asked, I'm going to tell you we have aligned values, and I would love to start this billion-dollar yeah. company with you. And that's like a neat conversation. But cool, like let's go put 30 people in a room and mm-hmm. make sure we don't hate each other by the yeah. time the speaker's done. Yeah. yeah. Like, or, or find out that the person oversold their hand and they're yeah. shitty. Yeah. yeah. Dude, exactly. the amount of times I was like, you said you would do X, Y, and Z and you can't even do 10% of that. And now yeah. I got to pick up this thing. Cause like we got to deliver on this. Yeah. Sure. Glad I found out now we were crawling. Yeah. If the first thing you're doing with a co-founder is signing the operating agreement, you've messed up. <laughs> yeah. You gone done. Fuck up, son. Yeah, 100. <laughs> 100%. Not, not your first job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's amateur hour at its <laughs> best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I'll meet you at the lawyer's office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish it didn't happen. So for me, I was like, man, why is this guy late? This is not uh, a good sign. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh shit. That's a good place to leave it. Yeah, awesome. Right. Yeah. Thanks for the hang time. No, it's super fun, fun. Again, it's, yeah. it's awesome to have you guys in, in town, in the studio and I appreciate your guys' partnership and friendship, man. Same, brother. Love you guys. Yeah. Likewise, Same. brother. Dude, so pack up and go to big white. Let's do it. Said it. <laughs> cool.